Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the commission. I'm going to do this quick and fast. Why am I doing it quick and fast? Because this is about Saturday's games that I told you when the time came that the commission himself would talk more about in full detail if there was something shocking or surprising or exciting to happen. And guess what? Week two of college football, something exciting and shocking and stunning happened. Week two of college football, Interesting enough, it was the commission that said not too long ago that we would talk more in detail regarding college football in the event that something would happen, something similar to Appalachian State upsetting the fifth-ranked Michigan Wolverines some 15, 20 years ago. Would you believe, would you believe, as premature as I made that statement, Appalachian State went out there and did it again. Appalachian State defeated Texas A&M, the Aggies, the Aggies of Texas A&M, in a late second field goal, 17 to 14. They were ranked, I believe, 10th in the country at the time, talking about Texas A&M, of course. Appalachian State, located there in Boone, North Carolina. Shout out to North Kakalaka. It's been some time since I've talked about North Carolina, but that was only because I was talking about the Tar Heels, the North Carolina Tar Heels in the basketball, National Basketball Championship against Kansas. This is something different. This is Appalachian State. Appalachian State. Shout out to the Mountaineers. People don't know a lot about Appalachian State and I'm going to start the show talking about them because essentially I've talked about them in the past but I talked about them upsetting Michigan at the time that Michigan was ranked 5th in the country there in Ann Arbor Michigan so let's fast forward nearly 17 18 years where we are now in the present in 2022 and the commission is telling you again Appalachian State continues to impress the nation small school fcs school they they, they they don't really play big name schools until this time of the year and i say big time because we're looking at the power five conferences now we've we've condensed these teams into conferences that are i guess for the most part electrifying these are conferences that now we look at and say, man, ain't nobody beating the SEC. Man, who the heck's going to beat the Big Ten? <laughs> Whoa, what's the chances of a team like Appalachian State beating anybody in the Big 12? Well, guess what? They did it. And they did it not too long ago. The second week of college football, I sat back and said, this makes no sense how you've got these big-name teams going up against these smaller-named teams. And, you know, funny enough, I looked up Appalachian State for a minute, and let me tell you something. They're no one to sneeze at. This team is not a team to sneeze at. The, the, the commission didn't even know that Appalachian State has won back to back to back. FCS national titles back in the 2000s. I wouldn't have known that. The commission was blown away when I saw that note. And there's so many other things about this program that probably does not receive enough credit. 
but tonight's going to be the night. I'm going to make sure that these teams gain some recognition, some credit. I do it with the NFL. Why can't some uh, some organization like Appalachian State University gain that type of respect? Because think about what they've done to this point. Think about the program as a whole since the 2000s. We're 20 some odd years in and this team continues to shock, surprise, and excite the world with a last second field goal against a Texas A&M team that if I can recall, did defeat Alabama no less than maybe two or three seasons ago. Texas A&M. I'm not going to stand on my soapbox and start naming names, alumni from Texas A&M. But when you think about Texas A&M, that's not a team to sneeze at either. That's a team that you don't overlook when you're talking about playing football. Ask Alabama. And so Appalachian State decides that they're going to do the exact same thing to a degree. To a degree, I am not comparing Appalachian State to Alabama. That'd be foolishness. That's buffoonery. What I'm basically saying is that Appalachian State knows how to control, manage, manage a football game. In most cases, when the commission is talking about the games, a lot of these teams can win or lose. The first thing I talk about is what management It's not so much the name. It's not so much the players. To a degree, it's not so much even the coach. It's how we execute and manage the game. Appalachian State controlled that game for over 40 minutes. There isn't a team even as good, dare I even say great, as a Texas A&M team in their best day that can win under those odds. Anybody that saw Alabama just narrowly win against Texas, it's the same thing. It's what we do to manage these games, to give our teams the best chances to win. Appalachian State figured it out and they won against Texas A&M. And even if I'm even if 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 I'm just repeating myself over and over again, I am shocked, stunned, surprised, excited all the same to see a team like the Mountaineers of Appalachian State, pull off the unthinkable. I didn't say impossible. I said the unthinkable. They were the underdogs against Texas A&M. By far, nobody would have given them a shot and you know where, other than the people there in Boone, North Carolina to beat Texas A&M. But they did. When the opportunity presented itself, they took advantage. Shout out goes out to Appalachian State. You continue to wow the commish. I talk about you guys all the time because it wasn't too long ago I mentioned Appalachian State for pulling off the biggest, the most deepest, darkest upset ever in sports history. Not just football, sports history. You attach Appalachian State's name to the biggest, darkest, upset in sports history and lo and behold look what they did again against texas a&m that wasn't the interesting enough that wasn't even the upset of the day that was not the upset of the weekend 
Take a deep breath, ladies and gentlemen. Anybody out there listening to South Bend, listen. I, I am, I am not in any way degrading the legacy, the program, the wonderful men and women that exist there at Notre Dame University. I am not by any stretch going to tell you that Notre Dame University is not a prestigious program. I am not going to tell you that Notre Dame is a losing program. I'm not going to tell you that Notre Dame is a suffering program. What Notre Dame is, is a program that is built on the history of games, titles, victories. They, they have stained for some time probably close to 100 years, probably longer than that. If we think about Notre Dame history, we're talking way past the 20s. Here we are in 2022, easily over the last 100 years, we've talked so much about how the winning tradition of Notre Dame was always key. It was paramount in the success of that program moving forward. The key recruits, key uh, key coaches, key players go to Notre Dame once upon a time. Once upon a time, Notre Dame was a powerhouse in college football. Powerhouse. I can remember names. Joe Montana, Joe Theismann, Lou Holtz. I can remember guys like Oh my goodness, how far are we going back? Jerome Bennett. We could probably go back further. Tim Brown. We could probably go back further than that. Guys that have played with Notre Dame for so many years have made a reputation off the name based off their character and their performance in college sports. And then, all of a sudden, week two... Of the 2022 college football schedule started. New coach, old coach decides to go to LSU, Brian Kelly. New coach comes in, Marcus Freeman. And I don't know much about this man other than the fact that he was on that staff last year when they did well. And he was probably on that staff two seasons ago, three seasons ago. So we know who he is if you're talking about Notre Dame football. If you are from South Bend, Indiana, if you are a huge fan of Notre Dame, you've known this man for some time. He takes over a program that at this point, if you look at him from head to toe, may not be the best best recruiting program there in college sports, but they were nationally ranked at the beginning of the season fifth overall. Fifth. Notre Dame was not a team to overlook this season. Notre Dame was coming off the successes of last season. Brian Kelly decides to go to LSU. Here comes a new coach. Here comes new guys all together. And with that comes the start of the season of which they had to play number two, Ohio State University, which I thought was stupid. I don't know how you would schedule Notre Dame First game of the season 
against Ohio State University. Why couldn't they play a, a small name team, small name university? Not to, disc- not to discount Notre Dame and their success, but if you're talking about starting off the season with the second overall team, the number two team in the country, in Ohio State, in the horseshoe, right there in Columbus, it makes absolutely no sense. If you're talking about a coach like Marcus Freeman just trying to get his feet wet, trying to establish himself as the first coach to take this team into this season after you had a legendary coach and Brian Kelly leave right out the front door to greener pastures. So now this coach takes over against Ohio State and they get embarrassed. Do we put that on Marcus Freeman? Many people believe yes. Because when you're talking about the, the, the legacy of Notre Dame football, this is unacceptable. It's the fact that we should have given Ohio State a run for their money even if they did not win. It should have been a lot closer than 21 to 10. So, okay, we brush that off. Week one, we brush it, we shake it off. We got to play well against Marshall. We got to beat Marshall at their game. I can't see how Notre Dame, who's favored by 21 plus points, could lose to a Marshall team. I don't know if it was raining that game. I didn't really watch the entire game, so I didn't see raindrops on the camera lens. I don't remember seeing lightning coming through the stadium there. I I, I didn't see any of that. But eventually, at some point, embarrassingly, they did not play their best game. As a matter of fact, they struggled against Marshall, of which they lost to Marshall 26 to 21. Take a deep breath, ladies and gentlemen, because what we were seeing now, two things. One, you're talking about a young black man as head coach there, Notre Dame, that has proven to the world that in spite of what they're taking over, there is no legit response or answer to winning football games. What he's basically done has turned this program into what looks to be a more uh, simplistic program, a more mediocre program. Nothing outstanding about Notre Dame, nothing from what I've seen the last two games, and that's evident because they've lost the last two games. So what are we looking for now in this Notre Dame team? The second thing I would say is this. How many people are responding to a young black coach in Marcus Freeman. Now, it doesn't have to do with black and white. Please, let's make this completely clear here. There have been black coaches at Notre Dame. Yes. What I'm trying to justify is that when you create a schedule like this, it wasn't up to Notre Dame to create the schedule that they have. They do not exist in any conference. They are part of the independent conference, which means they can play anybody they want. 
They can play any team they feel or so desired. And so I guess Marshall made a lot of sense. They had the potential of beating Marshall because they figured and guessed that a program like Marshall would not have any type of competition against Notre Dame. Oh, now look. Look what happened. Notre Dame loses their quarterback, Bushner, for the next four months. He suffers a shoulder injury, and now we're mortal. Now we are back to a team that probably isn't much better than Marshall. We struggled against Ohio State. That's to be commended, but now we're struggling against Marshall? Shout out to Marshall University there in West Virginia. I The only thing I can recall about Marshall outside of the movie with Matthew McConaughey is, of course, Hall of Famer Randy Moss. I, I don't know much more about Marshall other than the fact that Randy Moss came from Marshall. And we all know what reputation, what legacy he created in the NFL. However, it's just the fact that when you're talking about teams like Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Alabama's, it's no guarantee anymore. Anymore. Maybe it was five, six, ten seasons ago. Maybe. Depending on who you ask, depending on the team you're talking about, depending on the university, maybe we could have said, you know, this team's got it in the bag. Interesting enough, what I saw in one of the articles... Marshall had either close to or had exactly 24 transfers attend Marshall. So if you want to put this and wrap this up in a bow, put it in a nice little box, wrap it up in a bow. Recruiting plays a huge role in how successful teams, universities will be. Recruiting plays a big role. It's it's probably the biggest moneymaker now when we're talking about college sports. Who we can recruit to improve this organization. The reason why Coach of Nebraska, Scott Frost, was fired was because, the, the truth of the matter, we couldn't recruit. We couldn't find guys to make up for the other guys we lost to make them successful, to make them dominators, to make them competitors. Scott Frost failed at that. And maybe it wasn't all his doing. But his job is to recruit. The job of any good team, great team, outstanding team is recruiting. Why do you think Alabama's always good? Why do you think Georgia is usually or always good? Think about those teams in the SEC the Southeastern Conference, where they recruit right there within their own backyard. They don't have to go away to California to find anybody. A great deal of that town exists right there in their backyard. Marshall, on the other hand, that's a team that got to go above and beyond, have to go far out to find people so that they could be competitive against Notre Dame. And boy, were they competitors. And boy, were they competitive I ain't mad at Marshall for what they've done. I'm not mad at Appalachian State for what they've done. Because this is why we set the bar in college football to put these other teams against teams that you know, in most cases, would dominate. Notre Dame is 0-2. First time in God knows how long in college football. 
And although Texas A&M is one and one, the one thing they don't want to look back is an opportunity to make it to the championship. And they said, nah, you're not going to make it this year, bro. You know why? Because you couldn't beat Appalachian State. It's not an embarrassment. I don't want anybody to think the commission is trying to make this an embarrassing situation. This is what football is all about. This is what sports is all about. It's about recruiting. It's about managing. It's about being successful. It's to provide these players, these young players, with the confidence to go out there and beat a team like Texas A&M, to beat a team like Notre Dame. It's possible. And even if I give the knock about Alabama playing Utah State or what have you, Anybody on any given day could win a game, even against some, if not the best competition in college sports and in college football history. So says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I just, I had, I had to do this episode. It, it really itched me that I had to sit down and try to think of how to put this into words. But I got to give credit to Coach Charles Huff. I got to give credit to the team, Appalachian State, their coach, their coaching staff, doing a phenomenal job. I'm sorry I couldn't get the name. But I give you guys credit. I give these universities credit because it provides what? Hope. It provides a chance that even if you recruit well enough, that you too could go out there and beat a power five team. It's not impossible. It takes work, yes. It does take perseverance, yes. It does take a little bit of uh, sacrifice and, and, and blood, sweat, and tears and all the other critiquing and, and, and cliches that go with it. It's just the fact that recruiting really makes a big deal in college football, more than any other sport. College basketball too, but definitely college football. You got one time to shine. At least with college basketball, you could play several games in a season and still have a chance of going to the big dance. The big dance started two weeks ago. How we show and prove makes all the difference in what we do week by week by week. Congratulations again to the upsets of week two of college football. And best believe, if I see more upsets this season, I will be paying it. The commish will be paying attention, and I'll be behind the mic again. Best believe this is exciting. This is surprising. It's shocking. It's what we want out of college football. I want to thank all of those again for listening to my show. It means that much to me. I'm going to try to do this all again soon enough best believe when something comes up big like this we got to talk about it because that's what we do on the kneel down podcast again i am the commission wish everybody the best this week i will be doing another show soon enough and i'll be talking strictly nfl football you guys already know (laughs) it goes without saying the commission's on a roll this is the time of my life We will be talking NFL football soon enough. You will be hearing this voice once again within the next few days. With that being said, I wish everybody the best this week. Please do what you have to do to just go out there and handle your day, your work day. Get that work done. I heard of something called quiet quitting. Maybe I'll do a show about that one day. But until that, until 
that time comes, I'm going to wish everybody the best. Peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated.